This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your show editor and mixer, Andy, filling in for Mike while he's on vacation. <clears throat> Must be nice. <clears throat> on this episode, Mike and Josh are talking with Siraj Hinduja, managing director of RTRX. RTRX is an annual conference that has raised over $6 million in funding for Pelotonia since its founding. And early on in the episode, Mike and Josh talk with Siraj about his path into fundraising and how his early experiences with Buckeyethon drew him to the field. I'm very blessed to have been around educators who always believed in me and always pushed me to be my very best. And I thought if I can do that for students someday, that would be, you know, a life well lived. Decided the special education route, just really interested in the curriculum and the content. Really, it was my work with Buckeyethon. Buckeyethon founded 20 years ago when we were running it. You know, it's a quarter of a million dollar budget. It's the largest student run philanthropy in the state of Ohio. And so you're running a mid-sized business with a team of 100 and so I just got this taste that was really exciting. And then that's what led me to the partnership. Later, they talk about how humans instinctually seek out meaningful relationships and how that led to the idea and concept for RTRX. Whether or not we know it, we want more. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we want to convene. Since the beginning of humankind, we've wanted to convene. We're convening right now over a table with technology everywhere. Thousands of years ago, it was fire. But we still convened, right? We still wanted to be with one another. We still wanted to build meaningful relationships. And I don't know what those relationships were like back then, thousands and thousands of years ago. But I'm going to take a bet and say that you wanted to build them on trust and shared values. And, and so we just need to give people an opportunity to do that. And we also need to give businesses an opportunity to get business done and to also invest in their teams and invest in their communities. Towards the end of the show, they wrap up with our classic questions and an interesting story about Jenny of Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream and a unique analogy for Columbus. What is this thing? So you go and taste it. And initially it's a little funky and you're like, this is weird. And in your head, you're thinking, how are you going to put salty and caramel together? And then you get through a couple tastes and you're like, actually, this is actually not that bad. And then it goes to like, actually, this is pretty darn good. And then you come back a week later and you're like the person that's skipping the line to go get three scoops of salt caramel and two pints for your neighbors or your family and friends. And so when I think of that, A, that's one of the best ways I think we can describe Columbus is Columbus is salty caramel. You think you know what you're going to get. You're curious enough about it and you try it. But what you get is different every single time, but it's still consistent and it's still so good. So when I think about like living uncomfortably, that's just the only way we're going to grow. All right, everybody, that's it for me. And all kidding aside, my I hope you enjoy your vacation. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is your co-host, Mike here. We've got Josh in the booth today. Josh, what's going on? Not too much, man. What's the weight? Uh, ooh, That's what everybody tunes in here for. went up. I'm about, I think I'm 157. I, traveling has, has started going the wrong direction, but that's okay. I'm not too upset about it. I also was thinking about, as I said, well, that, what's like, your excuse? Give me an excuse. Why are you going back up? Why? Well, I don't. I don't need to give you an excuse. Well, you need to give the people our listeners. Uh, I don't owe anybody an excuse. It's deserve. my weight. I get to decide what to do with it. All right. You know, I'm uh, just telling you, there's a lot of people rooting for you out there now, and you're letting them down. Well, hey, you know, I can live with that. I also was thinking about the fact that every time I say we've got Josh in the booth, and we're not remotely in a booth, it's a very large room. Yeah. Well, define a booth, right? You right. Get philosophical I mean, about it. We got four walls here, and some or you could divine a nook, or just introduce our guests right, and move on from this conversation. For those of you who 
don't know that was an inside joke, but that's a good place to pivot to introducing our guests and starting the show. So today on the show, joining us is Suraj Hinduja. And Suraj is the managing director of RTRX, a networking event firm founded by Jim Merkel, who is also the founder of Rockbridge. And Jim was a previous Conquering Columbus guest. So go check out episode 244 of Conquering Columbus if you haven't yet. But prior to becoming the managing director at RTRX, Suraj worked with the Columbus Partnership, who happens to be one of our biggest sponsors here on the show. And he is also a graduate of the greatest university in the world, The Ohio State, right here in Columbus. We're excited to have Suraj on the team to learn more about how RTRX came to be, how it's picking up steam with the backing of Pelotonia and the Columbus Partnership and more. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Suraj. Awesome. Josh, Mike, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us here and uh, appreciate you coming in to tell your story and talk a little bit about RTRX. One of the first places we always like to start is just get a little background on yourself, kind of how you got to where you are today, all the way back as far as have you always lived in Columbus? Sure. Yeah. So I'm born and raised here in Columbus, grew up in Dublin, went to, as you mentioned, Mike, the Ohio State University, and will continue to bleed scarlet and gray and have lived here my entire life. When I was at Ohio State, I uh, studied special education. So I actually have a degree in special education with minors in philosophy and leadership studies. I would say my biggest three passions at the university were Buckeithon, which is the dance marathon program that raises money for the hematology oncology unit at Nationwide Children's. So I ran that organization for two years. I was an orientation leader and a tour guide. So I just oozed all Ohio State all the time, which I love. And it was an amazing experience. And then I interned at the Columbus Partnership my senior year at Ohio State and then went full time the Monday after commencement. So it sounds like you were going down the special education route. What made you want to change? Was it that internship that made you want to go a different path or how did that happen? Yeah. So interestingly, I started out as a business major. It's mm-hmm. what my family does. We either go into corporate America or we own our own businesses and you're 18 and you don't really know what you're going to do. And so you follow what your parents do and what your family does. And then you're 18 with six months of college underneath your belt. And you have this like sense of freedom and sense of decision making and this new sense of like cognitive dissonance. And you're like, I'm going to make the decision now as to what my major is going to be. So I switched from business to special education. I'm very blessed to have have been around educators who always believed in me and always pushed me to be my very best. And I thought if I can do that for students someday, if I can do that at the district level, that would be, you know, a life well lived. Decided the special education route, just really interested in the curriculum and the content. And really it was my work with Buckeithon. Buckeithon founded 20 years ago when we were running it. You know, it's a quarter of a million dollar budget. It's the largest student run philanthropy in the state of Ohio. And so you're running a mid-sized business with a team of 150. And so I just got this taste that was really exciting. And then that's what led me to the partnership. Tell me more about the internship. Like what was that experience like with them? I believe he's been on Alex Fisher, the former CEO of the partnership. Alex has been one of the most consistent forces in my life since I was 20 is when I first met Alex. And just through conversations with him, I said I was really intrigued about doing something else than going into teaching. And I didn't want to get my license. I didn't want to go get my licensure. So I didn't want to spend my second semester at Ohio State student teaching. And he said, so what are you going to do? And I said, that's a great question. I have no idea. Or I'm figuring it out. And he said, well, why don't you come intern at the partnership and learn what we do and see if that is something you're interested in? I thought that was a very nice gesture that had no actual like 
tangible legs to it. I just thought it was something nice that he said to a college kid that he took time out of his day to have coffee with. And then like a week later, I had an offer letter for an internship and Mm -hmm. wasn't really thinking and was like, well, I guess I'm going to do this. And it was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, interning there and working there at such a young age, it's like the best place to cut your teeth Mm -hmm. in the public private world and to see the intersection of business and politics and the nonprofit sector. And it's just an amazing experience. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Alex doesn't seem like the type of guy who says stuff like that lightly. I mean, it seems like the best place to be in Columbus to get a chance to not only learn a lot very quickly, but very quickly build a network. I mean, were you meeting a lot of people through yeah, that? You're, you're meeting that, people no 21 year old should really be meeting, right? Like you're in a room, you're in the rooms. And I worked for Alex and Steve Lyons, who is the executive vice president there. And you're meeting these CEOs and their teams. And you're just, you know, it's a crash course in seeing how those teams make decisions and move communities forward and what it means to move a community forward when it comes to economic development, when it comes to public policy, when it comes to smart mobility, when it comes to education, and then the issues of the day, right? You see a lot, you learn a lot. And like I said, you're 21 and you're in rooms you should never really be in, which is really cool, but also very, very humbling. So how does RTRX come about? So RTRX, as Mike mentioned, was founded by Jim Merkel. And I was about four years into the partnership. And, you know, the partnership is really a bird's eye view of the community. You're at 50,000 feet and you're just working to shepherd these institutions, the companies for the prosperity of our community. And I had made a decision that I was ready to kind of roll my sleeves up and take what I had learned and then apply that somewhere. And the partnership's a really small team. And we all collectively, Alex, Steve and I made the decision that it was the right time to jump. And at the same time, I had gotten to know Doug Ullman really, really well, Doug's mm-hmm. CEO of Pelotonia. And we had spent a lot of time together and he had been spending a lot of time with Jim to talk about the future of RTRX. And RTRX, when it was founded, was internal to Rockbridge and its hospitality industry. And we wanted to grow it. And the way to grow it is to spin it out and to get the right partners on board. And Doug said to me, I really want you to go meet Jim Merkel, and I want you to hear his vision. And we want to spin this out. We want to do it with the partnership in Pelotonia and Rockbridge, and we think it could be pretty exciting. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. Let's take a step back. What is RTRX? Yeah, let's, what let's, was let's, it? You good, mentioned yeah. it started as an internal thing. So what was it when it started and what is it today? Yeah. So let's go back almost 12 years ago now. The world was coming out of a global financial crisis. And so we're at 2010, 2011 and Rockbridge and the private equity space, right, is clawing your way back. And at the same time, Jim was becoming more aware of the Palatania movement and how the money was being invested in cancer research and said, you know, I want to have a big role in this, but we live in a really, really philanthropic community. And that's an amazing thing. The thing is, is the dollar can get thinner and thinner and thinner if you keep your asks and the people that you engage with inside the 270 outer belt. And so Jim said, you know, we got to find a way to get more people to come into Columbus for Ride Weekend. And at the same time was going to a bunch of hospitality conferences. And the content was purely focused on industry, right? 
Airbnb versus hotels? What does the future look like after a global financial crisis? Is it comparative to what it looked like after 9-11? And the other thing too, is that people were going to the conferences, but they weren't going to the conferences for the content. They were going for the conferences to see one another. And so Jim said, you know, we spend a lot of money to sponsor these things. We spend a lot of money to send our teams to these things. And I think we can design a better experience. So what if we actually designed an experience that gave you a chance to do business, which is important to everyone. It gives you a chance where the content is different. So the content is around thought leadership and innovation, and it's not around a specific sector. Then you have fun. You know, we like to throw good parties here and there. And then we invest all of our profits from RTRX into Pelotonia. So it is built not to care about us. It's built to care about everyone else and saying, what's finite in our world? Time's finite and money is finite. So if we give business leaders a chance to use the finite amounts of money and time to do business, to have fun, to broaden their horizons with the content, and then to join us as we invest our profits in Pelotonia and they continue to ride and they raise money. So we've created this great opportunity. And where the partnership in Pelotonia came into play was that we really want Columbus to be the home, the global home of thought leadership. And everyone wants to point to South by or things like that. And, you know, I always have to remind my board that South by is in its 40th year and it's about the intersection of arts and culture and music and tech. And so how do we become the intersection of leadership and business and innovation with the fact that we're investing all of our profits into Pelotonia. And so that's where the conversation around bringing Pelotonia and the partnership and really creating a joint venture between Rockbridge, the partnership and Pelotonia, that's how that came to be. And then that's how I ended up there. And how were the events received initially? You know, initially they were received like the first one was in 2012 and they probably had 30 people. That includes Rockbridge team members. Mm -hmm. And initially you kind of like think about it, you know, it's early August, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I got to go to Columbus. And a lot of people had this assumption, right? And we- Cowtown. uh, Cowtown. And then, you know, I was- having dinner with a new executive that Rockbridge brought in this week. And I was giving him all the stats and, you know, 14th largest city in the country and 150,000 college kids every single day in the fall and home to all these companies. And this is before we talk about Intel or anything else. Mm -hmm. And people are like pleasantly surprised. And we don't lose our Midwestern sense of humility. Mm -hmm. Josh, to answer your question, the events were received really, really well because they were speaking to a part of individuals that they hadn't been spoken to before because the content was different. And you weren't, like I said, talking about traditional business topics, it was hitting you in your heart and in your mind. And people were like, well, I have to be there every year. And oh, by the way, I think we're all going to be better off once we cure cancer, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's a collective. I've yet to meet someone who hasn't been affected by cancer. I believe it's the moonshot of our generation to be able to cure it. I think we're well along our way, Mm -hmm. but we just got to work faster and harder to get after it. I don't think anyone would disagree with you there. (laughs) I don't think I've met anybody who would say, yeah, curing cancer probably. Yeah. The bottom line, yeah, yeah, yeah. Humanity should not worry about that. Yeah. How have the events evolved since the beginning? When it started, it was a half day session after lunch and then on a Friday and then it led into ride weekend. And now, you know, we kick off on Wednesday evening. We kick off with our big welcome party on Wednesday evening. This year will be at the National Veterans Museum and Memorial. And then we have a full day of programming on Thursday. We have a bunch of stuff on Friday. And then we pass the baton over to Pelotonia on Friday afternoon. So now you've gone from Friday afternoon into Saturday to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for those who are riding a little bit more than I like to ride. Hmm. Yeah. This is a once a year event. 
So once a year, once a year, event once a here year. in Columbus, yeah, relate and tied around the timing of Pelotonia. Yeah, so and yeah, so are most of the people right now then from Ohio, or are no. we getting people? So in? we bring in twenty twenty one. We had folks from twenty eight states come in, and obviously the goal is to get to all fifty. But we have partners and attendees from all over mm-hmm. who come in and they spend their time here, and that's where it becomes important to the fabric of our community because we're showing people how great of a city Columbus is. Mm-hmm. And you drive through the short north now or you drive down Broad Street to the peninsula and what's happening in Franklinton. And, you know, people are just amazed and they don't, again, they think Cowtown, they think Columbus, Ohio. And again, 28 states. And we're very proud of that, but we're also pursuing, you know, all 50 states. So- how are you selling this event then to folks? Because it sounds like there is a lot of selling involved and a lot of building it up and saying, hey, if we're going out and trying to get more of these states to show up, yeah. then there's got to be some type of selling or marketing of the event. What's the message? What's the pitch for yeah. people? And then to follow that up, what's been the biggest challenge with that? Yeah, totally. The pitch, right, is through corporate sponsors. And it's saying like you have XYZ company and send your team. Mm-hmm. And initially it starts with a business relationship, but then it becomes something that is like the team members want to go every single year. And it's a part of what they do annually. It's really exciting. The biggest challenge, right, is we have a finite amount of time and money and people, this is all pre-COVID, right? So this Mm -hmm. is all the mentality of pre-COVID. We got to be all over the place. I got to be here. I got to be there. And, you know, can I give up two, three, four days. And I'm a big believer in seeing is believing. And we don't mail anything in when it comes to RTRX. Every single detail is thought over and thought over and drilled down and is made to make sure that our guests have the best experience possible. And so really, it's just a matter of seeing is believing. And I think some people are kind of intrigued by the idea of a conference that invests its profits, Mm -hmm. right? I think they're kind of like, wait a minute, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. And we say, why wouldn't we do that? Yeah, Like we say, look, we're here for you. Like literally, Mike and Josh, we're here for you. We want to make you better. And if we can make you better at home, we're probably going to make you better at business. And if we make you better in your business, we're probably going to make you better in your community. And it's just, it's cyclical. Then what COVID taught us is life, there is no bifurcation, right? And I'm sure many of the guests you've had on here and everyone, you know, you open up any Harvard Business Review article and it's about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's all integrated, right? And we want people to have that opportunity as well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so it struck me earlier when you talked about being a thought center for leadership. And one of the things that stood out to me is something RTRX could drive is the conversation around community impact and impact, right? Which is a really big hot topic for a lot of large institutions these days is, you know, hey, historically speaking, we've been leaving out one of our key shareholders, which is our workers in our community and the folks that we we serve. So as you guys continue to kind of develop the event itself, is there anything else you guys are doing outside of that to continue to drive that mission? Yeah. There's a couple questions I want to answer there. One, the content always has to be relevant, right? So last year, given where the nation was, we had a really tough conversation on the science of racism. There's data that proves that racism exists. There's data that we can use to combat racism. And so the content, again, is meant to make you want to be better and do better, right? And so this year, we're going to talk about the story of trust and the power of trust and mental health and what it means to truly lead in the arena and what it means to tell your own story. And it all revolves up and folds back up to being a better you. And so that's really important for us, right? Mm -hmm. Is being relevant and understanding and having our ear to the ground as to what the content needs to be about. And I forget your second question. So outside of the Yeah. You know, so it's interesting because that's been a topic of conversation with our team over the past couple of days. 
We want at the very minimum our GRX to be week long, right? And so what happens is you start adding these industry verticals, call it Tuesdays to healthcare vertical. That's where the industry specific topics come out and the conversations come out. And Wednesday's hospitality. Mm -hmm. And then Thursday morning is like private equity or investments or tech and VC and startups. And then we roll into the thought leadership content. Mm -hmm. So our goal is, is that we are week long. Does Pelotonia bridge the middle and we have something before and after, like the sky is the limit now that I feel like knock on wood, we're slowly moving past a post COVID era and we can figure out what that looks like and really start to dream, right? Right now it's been about like, do it, do it well and do it safely. Like those have been our three objectives last year and this year. Other events, we think that there's opportunity to bring the speakers that we bring in or to have speaker series or conversations in the fall and spring, Mm -hmm. right? To engage a completely different audience Mm -hmm. and to find a way to continue to reinforce the content that happens in August at ArcherX. I almost imagine something similar to, say, the TED X talks where, sure. you know, where you have like events and speakers and people come in and pay tickets. I think I could see it working well. Yeah. Right. I think people are hungry for that type of thing again. Right. So it and, makes and, a lot of sense to me. And people, whether or not we know it, we want more. Mm-hmm. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Right. And we want to convene since the beginning of humankind. We've wanted to convene. We're convening right now over a table with technology everywhere. Thousands of years ago, it was fire, but mm-hmm. we still convened, right? We still wanted to be with one another. We still wanted to build meaningful relationships. And I don't know what those relationships were like back then, thousands and thousands of years ago, but I'm going to take a bet and say that you wanted to build them on trust and shared values. And they don't know how you did that then, but we wanted to do that. And we're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to give people an opportunity to do that. And we also need to give businesses an opportunity to get business done and to also invest in their teams and invest in their communities. So what about the other goals for the future? I mean, you touched a little bit about how you want the event to continue to evolve and strengthen and additional ancillary events going along with it. Is there anything else outside of that you're really focused on with the team? I think right now it's just making August as impactful as possible and then growing it, right? So like I said, we started on Friday afternoon and then just moving earlier into the week. You know, one of the things too that we were exploring or we explored in 2019 that will bring back this fall, the conversation is, you know, we're beholden to the time of year because of Ride Weekend, because Palatania's Ride Weekend is an integral part. But there could be a retail convening that happens in January. There could be a give back hack. There could be something else, right? Mm -hmm. And that they just are doing it that weekend because it makes sense or they found a good venue. So then the question becomes, hey, do we do things how we do it here in Columbus with the collaborative mindset? And do we say give back hack or, you know, what, I'm using it as an example, but like what organization, insert organization, you should kick off the week on Sunday with your hackathon. And then we've started adding things that happen in Columbus. They get exposure to a completely new audience, to people from all over the country, and we've expanded the experience. And then it comes into saying we've have a lot of teams, interestingly enough, We have a lot of teams from around the country that come in every year. And on that Wednesday morning, they do their mid-year like strategic planning review. So they sit in a conference room like this, they go over their goals, and then we provide them the content and the inspiration and the fun and the philanthropic mission. So we pretty much give them, by them coming, they get like 80% of what they, you know, they want to bring a speaker and they want to do this. Then they want to go volunteer somewhere. They want to do that in their hometown, but they can come to Columbus and do that. Mm -hmm. And then we've also seen folks, mainly CEOs and senior executives, where 
quality time is the name of the game when it comes to their families. And they bring their high school and their college age kids. Now they're getting exposure to kind of like this work life integration. They're getting exposure to the content. They're getting on a bike and they're raising money every year. They're learning the power of philanthropy. They're learning the power of seeing yourself and the ability to make change. And so I think that's where we've got some legs is the expansion of the week, the addition of the, call it other events that are happening in our town that are so unique and so strong and can only be stronger if we Mm -hmm. just combine forces. Kind of this like strategic planning thing, like team development that happens and then engaging, you know, high school and college kids. So as you seem to me like the kind of guy who probably can't do just one thing yeah. all the time. I'm curious, are there other things you're working on outside of RTRX? Is yeah. there anything you're passionate about outside of that? Very much so. That's a great question. It's probably, I say yes to that and probably what makes my parents roll their eyes. <laughs> I recently in January took on an additional role with Rockbridge, advising and developing a social impact strategy for Rockbridge across the country. And so that's everything outside of RTRX as in RTRX its own entity. So I've got that kind of on my whiteboard. I'm also a huge, passionate, and ardent supporter and believer in Nationwide Children's Hospital. That stems from my time with Buckeithon. So I chair the Young Professionals Organization that benefits Nationwide Children's. I believe that one of the most important institutions that any community can have is its pediatric healthcare facility. Mm -hmm. So I spend my time there, do a lot of stuff still with Ohio State and their Office of Student Life. And there's a couple other boards that I sit on, one called My Special Word that talks about the power of words for our children and focuses on their social emotional learning. And it was founded by a dear friend of mine, Dwight Smith. So I sit on the board of that. And we're really just trying to go help millions of children every year recognize that they're special, that they're valued, and that we care about them and making sure that their mental health and their emotional well-being is taken care of. Hey, everybody. Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus. And we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. How do you balance your life and work-life balance? We yeah. talked about work-life yeah, balance we, earlier. Yeah, we did. How do you balance all that? You know, the candid, vulnerable answer is I don't balance it well. Not to be cheeky, but there is some level of privilege of being a single guy who's doing all of this and focused on so much. So there is like some, you know, stretch there. You know, I think I've just started to become better at just managing my time and knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to, which is very, very difficult for me. I have a really hard time saying no to things, especially things that I care about, that I could care about, that are gonna make life of somebody else better. Mm -hmm. And then I also know what I need. You know, I need a good workout every morning. Mm -hmm. I need a good six to seven hours of sleep. And I need, you know, a day here or there just to like binge watch something on Netflix. Mm -hmm. That's what I need. I don't really, like I don't need more than that. And so 
as long as I give myself that, lots of coffee and water helps too. Yeah. I think the other thing that's important about work-life balance is a concept, right? Like everyone talks about it, but nobody's work-life balance that they need is the same. Sure. And I think that your work-life balance that you need changes throughout your life, right? right. Like and there's it's certain perfect, periods, right. right? And we're not perfect. And, yeah. you and, know, and there are times where it's going to lean more towards work. There are times totally. where it's going to lean more towards life. But I think that a lot of people get kind of consumed in this idea. That there's like a perfect work-life balance line yeah, and it's you just know, not real. Listen, I'm a type A perfectionist as they come and I'm working on it. I think I'm a recovering perfectionist. Would I love like my time allotted and color coded based on personal and work and make sure it doesn't, you know, creep out from a certain percentage? Percentage. Absolutely. (laughs) Totally. But like, that's just not plausible. That's going to take so much time to set up and like think through that. Like I have just learned to, well, I shouldn't say I've learned. I'm trying to learn to be better about it. And the pandemic taught me a lot about making sure I'm taking care of myself. And really asking, like, what do I really need? And just making sure I'm giving myself that. Makes perfect sense to me. And I think it's a good place for us to pivot towards some of our last questions of the show. Unless, Josh, you got anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, with that, we'll start with our first question, which is, uh, you have any advice for our listeners out there? And uh, for some background, young professionals, entrepreneurs, people who are really interested and want to know what's going on in Columbus and how people are getting to where they're at in their lives. Yeah, I think curiosity is really important. I was in a session today talking about empathy versus compassion. And empathy is the example the facilitators gave is outdated, but it makes sense when you hear it. It's like you're walking up a hill and you see someone get hit by a boulder or Mm -hmm. a rock or something. And empathy is like, oh, means you can feel for them. But that also means like you're also like if you're going to help, you're kind of like stuck under the rock as well. And then compassion is, okay, like let me help them get the rock off of them or something. And so I think curiosity is really, really important, especially in this time in the world that we're living in today, which is divisive Mm -hmm. and we're quick to judgment. I think that's because, and this is not a political statement. I just think it's like the news is running at 90 million miles an hour. Let's say I sent out a tweet 20 minutes ago that was out of school. And then I look at my phone when we're done here and something's happened. It's just like news travels so fast and things travel so fast. And I think we lose sense of Mm -hmm. curiosity and grace and compassion. I think it's also under trying to figure out like what matters most to you. If we would have been having this conversation three years ago, I would have had more stuff like on my like list of things that I do. Mm -hmm. And I had to like shed some stuff that like time had passed and it was time to move on to the next and figure it out, which is a tough decision to do, but it's, you know, it's the right decision to do. So I think just being curious and there are so many great things that are happening in our community and so many great businesses and institutions that are doing good work that I think it's important just to kind of ask, how can I help or what can I do? And I think that's really important. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, your comments about the divisiveness of today's culture, I think one of the things that always stands out to me is we're all very afraid to say right now that I don't know enough to have an opinion on that or, you know, hey, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's always got to have a one opinion one way or the other. And if you don't, then you're being a coward right. around the sidelines or like you need to step up. Right. right. So when I was a tour guide at Ohio State, we had a binder mm-hmm. about 115 pages of just how we give tours at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine with anything, Ohio State's like down to the second and it's very well done. But you're always going to get a question from a family member, a parent or a prospective student and you're not going to know. Mm -hmm. And the rule was, the answer is, I don't know, but I will find out. Yep. And then you went and found out. Now you found a way to get the information or to direct them to the information or the right source online or in person for that question that they had. But like, you can't know everything Mm -hmm. and you can't have an opinion on everything. That's the other thing too, is like, 
there are some things I just genuinely don't have an opinion on. Now, if I sat down and read about it and was asked to have an opinion on it, I'm more than happy to do that. But there's some days where I'm like, Twitter moves so fast that like, if I check it at like seven in the morning, like, Mm -hmm. you know, before my day starts and I check it at seven o'clock at night in those 12 hours, Lord knows what's going to happen. I think everything moves so fast. You don't always have to have an opinion on everything. Absolutely. And Suraj, that brings us to our last question of the show. It's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that for a show about entrepreneurs, business leaders, folks moving and shaking in Columbus, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? Yeah. So it takes me back to a story, actually. It must have been the spring, summer of 2014. And we were pitching to the Democratic National Committee to bring the 2016 DNC, the convention, to Columbus. And that's a really big deal. It's a land of political convention. It's not easy. You have to orchestrate so much for it to happen and toss a coin up to see if you're going to get it or not after all this hard work. So we hosted this dinner for the chairwoman and the selection team. And it was all Columbus focused, obviously. And we had Jenny Britton Bauer there, the founder of Jenny's Ice Cream. What she said to me has stuck with me since then. And that's almost eight years ago at this point. And it's the best way I can describe living uncomfortably. And I can like tie in Columbus to that as well. And so she was pitching to the chairwoman and we got an inside word that it was going to be like Philly or New York or us. Mm -hmm. And so we had like found out that like we were in the top three. And so she said, so when you think about where you're going to pick for the next DNC convention, it's just like ice cream, just like looking for ice cream at a scoop shop. And of course, everyone's like, okay, what, what do you mean by this? And she said, if you're going to think about New York or Philly, they're all great. They have great attributes, really great American cities. It's like chocolate or vanilla. You know what you're going to get. Simply, you just know what you're going to get. Like You really can't mess up or change the attributes of vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. And I say this with apologies to Jenny. I'm actually not a big ice cream fan, but I'm a big fan of Jenny and Jenny is in what they do for our community. So she said, chocolate, vanilla, you can't mess it up. You know what you're going to get. It is what it is. Columbus is like salty caramel. Let's say you're at Jenny's and you've got like the metal taste spoons and you're tasting and you walk down, you're pacing back and forth, and you say, oh, salty caramel, that sounds interesting, but maybe not. I'm going to stick with vanilla or chocolate or something else that seems normal to me, seems comfortable. So you pick, then you go back, and you're like, actually, you know what? Like everyone else seems to be coming in asking for salty caramel. They're not even asking to try it. They're getting three scoops of it. They're buying a couple of pints for it. Like, what is this thing? So you go and taste it. And initially it's a little funky and you're like, this is weird. And in your head, you're thinking, how are you going to put salty and caramel together? And then you get through a couple tastes and you're like, actually, this is actually not that bad. And then it goes to like, actually, this is pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. And then you come back a week later and you're like the person that's skipping the line to go get three scoops of salty caramel and two pints for your neighbors or your family and friends. And so when I think of that, A, that's one of the best ways I think we can describe Columbus is Columbus is salty caramel. You think you know what you're going to get. You're curious enough about it and you try it, but what you get is different every single time, Mm -hmm. but it's still consistent and it's still so good. So when I think about like living uncomfortably, like that's just the only way we're going to grow, right? And it's not easy. You can't live uncomfortably every day, right? There's some days where you want comfort food or you want to do something. But constantly, you know, and James Clear talks about like the power of habits and be like 1% better every single day. And what that compounded every single day does for your life is if you're 1% better. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think about that of like, we can't go out of your comfort zone every single day, but you sure as heck should try to, and you should give it a valiant effort. And you'll be really surprised as to what happens when you, I think it was like C.S. Lewis that said like, courage, dear heart. You'll be really, really surprised about what happens when you take that leap of faith and you try something new mm-hmm. and you have a sense of courage. You're gonna risk something and you're gonna fail, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be too philosophical, but I can tie that to everything that I've done so far in my professional life and in my civic extracurricular life. But I can also see that in what you all are doing and the guests that you've had on here before. Like it takes a lot to, you know, Rackbridge is going to build a North Market Tower and it's going to be the merchant building and it's going to be adding to the skyline of our community. That takes, it's a big leap of faith. The side of the Peninsula Project, that entire thing is a massive leap of faith. The Veterans Memorial Museum, massive leap of faith. A bike ride that is bold enough to think that it can cure cancer or raise enough money to cure cancer. That's pretty courageous to have to go do. Mm-hmm. Us thinking that we can invest profits from a conference, a business conference experience into cancer research, and it's going to stick. Like, you've got to go somewhere. So I've probably might gone long and long on that answer. I think living uncomfortably just means taking account into your, what your big T truths are and what your little T truths are. And I had a shift in college where I thought I had a lot of big T truths, right? And those were like non-negotiables. And as I grew and spent time with mentors, I realized like it's actually just a handful, like less than five big T truths and everything else with a good argument, I can be convinced of something. And so I think it's just important to look within yourself, figure out what matters most to you. Where do you want to have the biggest impact, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's something that I feel people are really thinking about now, post-pandemic, or as we're climbing out of the worst parts of the pandemic. So I think it's about being curious. I think it's about listening to your heart. I think it's about taking you know, a sense of courage and taking that leap of faith and seeing the impact that you can have. And finding your big T truths. And finding your big T truths and seeing what those are and sticking to those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Suraj, it's been great talking with you and really appreciate you coming in to tell your story and talk about RTRX here on the show. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. And everybody out there listening, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that interview, you want to hear more just like it, go ahead, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you are listening on as well. If you got a second, leave us a review. They really do help us out and we appreciate all your support. We'll talk to you next week.